I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Yes, we're back. It is another episode of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 143 to be exact. It is the final day of August, which is absolutely stupid. KB coming at you live from Underground Studios and via the voice line, I can see his handsome face on the old video chat coming at you. From Indiana, in the dorm room, the one and only intern, Harry the K. What's going on, everyone? We're back, man. We are back. Hell yeah. Before we dive into uh, this episode's discussions, gotta give a shout out to the homies over at Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. Search outside the box, get all of your OTB merch in our storefront, and use the promo code DSGN5. For $5 off at checkout, like we say all the time, if Connor Field's dad is rocking our merch, you should be rocking our merch. If Blaze Reardon's dad is rocking our merch, you should be rocking our merch. If Mr. Rambo is rocking our merch, you should be rocking our merch. DSGentry.com. Search outside the box and use the promo code DSGN5. Save $5 off your order at checkout. And, of course, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. I wear mine every single podcast episode. Harrison, almost every single episode because he hasn't pulled the trigger yet, has like 13 pairs in his cart right now. Yeah, just waiting on that money to come in right now. And uh, he's just waiting because he needs to protect his eyes while he's doing his schoolwork, while he's blogging for us, while he's recording podcasts and all that good stuff in between. And you can get your own pair, TomahawkShades.com, and we're going to hook you up big time because Tomahawk Shades hooked us up with their best promo code out there. Promo code USP at checkout saves you 25% off your order. And all orders right now, $75 and over, qualify for free shipping. Plus, Harrison, it is their end of summer sale going on right now. Absolutely incredible sale going on. And you know what the end of summer sale includes? The end of summer sale, every order right now, when you buy a pair of Tomahawk Shades on their website... End of summer sale. Free pair of shades with every order over twenty dollars. Free pair Damn. of shades, every order over twenty dollars. That's nice. Plus our promo code USP. You're gonna be getting a whole lot of Tomahawk Shades gear with that promo code and with that sale going on right now. Promo code USP saves you twenty five percent off your order. TomahawkShades.com. Look styling and profiling. 
in Tomahawk Shades. Harrison, before we get into the lacrosse discussion, I feel like since we haven't been on, uh, a lot has been going on in the world, and I feel like we have to discuss it. Um, We discussed it when George Floyd was wrongfully murdered. Um, Everything with Jacob Blake getting shot in the back seven times, wrongfully, now paralyzed, kind of took to the sports world in order for it to become a real story. Not a real yep. story, but like for it to get the Mass, world like, attention that it got. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that like if the NBA hadn't striked when they did, we probably wouldn't have been talking about this on Thursday. Um, and, you know, kudos to the NBA players, the WNBA players, uh, a bunch of Major League Baseball players for – doing what they did, standing up for what is right, and, you know, it was a strike. Everybody's saying that they boycotted, you're not using the correct term. It was it's a, a wildcat strike. strike. Yeah, like, a boycott is, you know, staying away from a product. A, yeah. a strike is when you are the product. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts as well um, with just everything going on. I, I think what the the players did was – so commendable um it's really invoked change um and you know it's 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 tough because these these players because of the platform they have they get put into this situation that like it's almost like the world expects athletes to be the ones to solve problems in my opinion recently and like while it's amazing to see what they're doing, it's also not really their job to be the ones that are supposed to be doing this. There are people that are voted into place, voted into office and into power to invoke this change and make sure this shit doesn't happen. But to have athletes do it, obviously they are on this big grand scale that they have earned. You know, a lot of people forget that athletes are humans. Um, They forget that they were not always these athletes and they have earned that right to, you know, be on this, in this national spotlight, have this platform that they have and use it to the best of their abilities. Um, so I, I commend every single player from the Milwaukee Bucks, the Orlando magic, the entire NBA, um, you know, the players, let me, let me put it that way too. It is the players that made all this happen, especially major league soccer too. They were involved as well. The NHL. Um, It was the players. Don't let that get twisted. It was not the leagues. It was the players. I think this is the right thing and the bravest thing these players could possibly do. Uh, What's making me sick right now is people telling them to either shut up and continue to play without getting involved or you saw Jared Kushner tell LeBron, oh, you can take a day off of sports or take a day off of your job. It's not about their job. It's not about earning money. It's about providing a platform to really try to get social change to happen. People saying, oh, I miss when sports weren't political. What, you mean like when Muhammad Ali was stripped of his title for not wanting to go to Vietnam? When, oh, I'm trying to think of like more examples. When, uh, Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens at the Olympics in 1936 in Nazi Germany. And then when he came home, didn't get to visit with FDR. Come on. Sports are always entwined with politics because it's 
it's an integral part of our society. And these athletes coming out and really taking a stand, trying to get what's right pushed forward. I'm so happy to see this happen. I'm sad it has to happen in the first place, but they're doing the right thing. And maybe hitting owners where it hurts in their checkbooks and at their wallets, maybe it'll force the owners and everyone else to start caring about uh, underprivileged communities. Uh, you know? Supporting Instead of just Matter. Like, exactly. Not just in name only. Actually getting out there. Actually right. actively supporting the movement. And, and like... It's not like these guys were just taking off of work. Like, the Milwaukee Bucks were in their locker room calling the attorney general. And then come to find out. About to play an elimination game. Come to find out that Wisconsin's legislation hadn't met in four months, which is just despicable in and of itself. And that's, that's a whole different topic for a whole different podcast on a whole different feed. But... Right now, take from that what doing... you will. Uh, you know the the Oklahoma City Thunder. Chris Paul got every member of the Oklahoma City Thunder to register to vote. Pete Carroll yes. in the NFL got every single member of the Seattle Seahawks registered to vote. The link is now a polling place, right? Like NBA stadiums, uh, NHL stadiums, which some of them are owned, you know, by the same people that own NLL teams, going to be voting place, you know, stations like. People say protests don't change anything. Strikes don't change anything. Boycotts don't change. Look at the change that's happened over the past almost week now. Mm, like Massive just change. major change. And it's only the and, beginning, in my opinion, what we witnessed when the Milwaukee Bucks did not come out of the locker room was absolute history. Um, so, like, watching that unfold, and, like, literally every 15 seconds on social media, there was some new development. It was like yeah. unbelievable to kind of witness firsthand. Something I won't ever forget. Um, and like, it, it's it's going to change a lot, and it's going to affect you know a lot moving forward. So I commend I think... all of these athletes for using their platform. We've seen it in the lacrosse community with the Black Lacrosse Alliance. You know, so many guys using their platform to inform, educate change and and be that voice and agent of change and it's incredible to watch history will look kindly on these athletes i'm saying that right now while people are taking dumps on them on twitter for not doing their sport not playing their sport history in 10 maybe not even 10 maybe in five years hope well hopefully in five years we'll have changed enough but the history will smile on these athletes and people complaining about athletes, you know, saying, Oh, you, I wish I could take a day off of work. Like you are not, uh, that's not, you are not shackled to your job that way. Like you have the, the resources to say, Hey, I need time off of work. Like you yeah. can do that. It's, you are not bound by anything to, to be forced to work. And if you are, that's why you have unions and why you have, you know, collective bargaining agreements throughout any type of, of job to get to the point where, like, hey, if you need a day off, you have the ability to do so. And do people not think that strikes have not been happening since the dawn of industry? 
Right. Like strikes have been a major part of society for as long as there have been jobs. So these are just athletes showing what they care about by taking to the streets and refusing to provide a service that most people take for granted. Mm -hmm. And I see it all the time. Jerry Raganese tweets it all the time. Sports are, you know, a a reward for a functioning society. Yes. And this is not a functioning society right now. It clearly (laughs) is. When a man is shot in the back seven times for walking to his car in a situation where he was the de-escalator, that's not a functioning society. No. Solely solely because of the color of his skin. Yep. And And that's what it is. It's disgusting. We need change. So everyone that has a platform, you know, our platform, as small as it may be compared to some others, we still feel obligated to use it and we will continue to use it. So if you don't like what we have to say about it, don't listen. You know, don't listen. We know, like, we know who rides with us. We know who gets, you know, what we stand for as a podcast and as a company. We know who our, our rides are, are with and who rides with us. Um, and who supports us because, you know, we're a family and we're the OTB family for a reason. Um, we have the best damn listeners in the podcast universe. Yes, sir. So, I mean, you know, if you don't like what you're hearing, you're going to continue to hear it. So if you don't like it, see ya. Sorry about that. Not sorry. Not sorry. Yeah. This is, this is important. Um, let's get to the lacrosse stuff because there's been a lot. It's been quite a bit. Um, we're going to start with some transactions in the NLL uh, before we get to Harrison's NLL mock entry draft 1.0 because we, yes, are, this is 1. 0. we are 17 days away from the entry draft taking More place. More lacrosse content. Uh, some key signings since the 24th of so the last week. Uh, biggest name in the lacrosse universe, uh, Tom Schreiber. Resigns with the Toronto Rock on a two-year deal. Uh, this is big for a number of reasons. One, Captain America back with his squad in Canada. Um, but there was a lot of speculation when the New York Riptide came to fruition, even when they didn't even have their name, um, that when it was just like NLL New York, like a lot of people were saying, oh, when Tom Schreiber's a free agent, like he's going to he's gonna jettison, like he's going to go to New York. And I mean, re-upping for two years, Tom Schreiber... Um, I think is is going to stay with the Toronto Rock for, you know, this takes him through his age 30 season. Um, he turns 29 in February. So, I mean, there is still that, that window of opportunity open for him to go to New York. Um, but, I mean, this kind of tells me that, like, at least for now, he's committed to playing with Toronto, being in Toronto, being with his teammates, and trying to win a championship there because they have a ready-made roster to go and win an NLL title next season with the additions that they've made, the moves that they've continued to make uh, to to make this team better. I mean, we've seen them commit to guys like Challen Rodgers on multi-year deal, uh, you know, a seven-year deal, one of the longest deals I've seen in NLL history. Um, so, I mean, who's to say they don't do the same thing with Tom Schreiber once this two-year deal is up? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of speculation as well that Toronto may still trade 
Tom Schreiber down to New York just for that number one overall pick, try to get Jeff T. Um, but bringing Tom Schreiber back for Toronto, as of right now, that's massive for them. They're still one of the greatest franchises in the NLL's history. They're going to be looking to bring another ring on, bring another t- uh, trophy back to Toronto. And bringing Tom Schreiber back is the biggest way to get there. Yeah. Uh, and everybody knows on this podcast, we preach that faceoffs matter. And uh, our guy, Trevor Baptiste, signs a two year deal with the Philadelphia Wings. So he's staying put for at least another two years. I would be shocked if Trevor ever wears a different uniform than a Wings uniform. He loves Philadelphia. Totally Philadelphia loves him. Um, but I love that Trevor signed a two year extension. And uh, he's just going to continue to break records being the number one faceoff guy in the league right now. I mean,. You win faceoffs, you get the, you get paid, and Trevor Baptiste earned every single penny of that two year deal. So just good for him. Love having him in Philadelphia. Speaking of getting paid and winning faceoffs, one of the more prominent faceoff athletes in the world is coming to the box game. Most notably, plays for the Denver Outlaws, plays for ESPN and the broadcast team. Max Adler is coming to the NLL. He signs a one-year deal with the San Diego Seals. And like I've been saying on this show for quite some time, you have guys like Jake Withers who started the trend when then Rochester drafted him, uh, now Halifax, obviously. Then Trevor Baptiste gets drafted a year later. Then you see the Black Wolves sign Joe Nardella as a rookie, quote-unquote, but first year in the NLL. He becomes the NLL Rookie of the Year faceoff man. Uh, you have Alex Woodall playing for the, the New York Riptide. Um, we, we talk about all the time how we think TD Ireland would be a perfect match for the Georgia Swarm. The face-off position is only going to get more and more consistent with these big-name guys. You know, We saw Connor Farrell get drafted and then signed by the New York Riptide last season. Didn't play for them, but you know another prominent, notable face-off guy. Max Adler is the number one faceoff guy in the MLL, in my opinion. Um, he's been yeah, doing it. Far and away. He's one of the best to ever do it, and now he's taking his talents to the box game, and I think this is big because a lot of these guys, like we saw with Nardella, took his game to the box game, said on the pod before the championship game that he's in the best shape he's ever been in, and he credits that to playing box, playing year-round keeping his body just going in game mode, in practice mode, in workout mode. I think this is going to be a big-time move for Max Adler to be playing the box game, go back to the Denver Outlaws for, for, you know, the the outdoor game. This is a big signing for the San Diego Seals as they now have a a prominent face-off guy, and this could spark, you know, another trend in the Western Division where we see maybe, you know, Vancouver, Calgary, Saskatchewan uses Jeremy Thompson as their face-off guy. Colorado, you know, I'm I'm shocked the Mammoth didn't throw a bag at Max Adler. Um, I'm really surprised about that. Keep him in the state, but that would have been great for them. You know, this could start a trend where we see the West Division now kind of do what the East has done in getting prominent face-off guys to come play for their squads. I love this signing for San Diego. I just want to see the whole league be as competitive at faceoff as the East Division is, because we're seeing as the sport has evolved, uh, the importance placed on the faceoff position, like 
we we spoke on about this on the pat in the past, but when I was growing up playing lacrosse in elementary school, you weren't a face off guy if you were great at the game. You were a face off guy if that's literally the only thing you could do. And now we have people actively wanting to be face off guys, really pushing to get that position in. And Max Adler coming to the NLL is going to do wonders for the face-off position as a whole because that's another great face-off guy in a growing league, a league that's about to explode. On a growing, in a growing market, too. In a growing market, too, yeah. So, I mean, there's no downsides to this. This is a great move for all involved. Max and, Adler... And, and, Going to the seals, in my opinion, this is similar to how everyone reacted when Jake Withers got signed by the Water Dogs in the PLL. Yes, yes, and I mean, you want to talk about how great Max Adler is, real quick though, because on uh, in 2019 he won 23 of 24 faceoffs in one game. Jeez. That is nuts. Yeah, he's gonna have fun this year in the NLL. I'm I'm excited to watch him play. He's an absolute beast, and I'm just glad he's taking this opportunity now to just come through and, you know, be part of the NLL now. I think it's it's a yeah. big-time move um, for the league, for the Seals, to add a talent like Max Adler to their transition game. It's only going to help their offense. You're adding Max Adler to win faceoffs to help out guys like Connor Fields, Austin Stotts, Wes Berg, and, and the crew, yeah. Casey Jackson, like – this is a big time get for them, and I think it's only going to help improve them, uh, you know, in a tough, tough West Division. You know, this is going to make them, you know, get up there with the Calgarys, with the Saskatchewans, with the Mammoth. You, you know, this is going to three. help put them over the top. This is year three for them. This is big time. You're a team in the NLL. You're established. You are an established team at this point. Mm-hmm. This is when they want to get things done. Seals also and, signed uh, Mr. Incredible, Mr. I take every shot I can to the back or any appendage of my body. Mark Lassini signs a one-year agreement with the Seals as well, so he's back in San Diego for another year. That man is insane. I respect the craziness beyond beyond anything, really. He takes more shots than a goal, like goalies do. We don't even get hit in the back. I, I am like... He's a madman. I respect his dedication. I, I respect the dedication. I think he's a great player, and keeping him in San Diego was a great move for the Seals. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm making a note here, and this is going to stay in the podcast. I'm going to cue a sound effect because hashtag one of our guys is coming over to the NLL. Halifax Thunderbirds, team we love and adore, have signed Cade Van Raphorst to a two-year deal. Yes. Cade is going to the box game. This is big. One of the best defenders, well, one of the few good point, uh, players on the Atlas this year. Coming to the box game, finally, I'm expecting big things out of him. I love this move for Halifax. It's, he's young. Just, he's he's gritty. He's a, he's a force of nature. He can yeah. score a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I don't really expect him to be scoring for Halifax in the box game, but he's a weapon. Dog. He's a weapon. 
and you're adding him on a defense now to kind of just tie this team together. Halifax also signed Leland Palace to a one-year agreement, so he's back with Halifax. But Cade Van Raphorst being with Halifax. That's just adding fuel to the fire. This team, man. This team. Like, they are pushing for a title in year two of their existence. This isn't like the Philadelphia Wings who were an established team prior to coming back. This is a brand new team. Well, they they were Rochester, but coming out of Rochester, their final season there, they were trading guys week in and week out. Like it was yeah, a revolving this is basically door, a new team. trying to piece together the puzzle. Sure, you had your core, Cody Jamison, Kyle uh, Kyle Jackson. You know, you had pieces, but now you add Stephen LeBlanc, you add Cade Van Raphorst, you bring back your guys. You you put a chip on Warren Hill's shoulder by putting a, a tender out for Doug Jamison, like. And and yeah, I, Warren Hill was no slouch last year. Like arguably could have been goalie of the year. This team, like insanity. I from love top this team. To bottom is just disgusting. And you're adding Cade to a defense that has David Brock, Graham Hosick, a perennial defensive player of the year winner, Brad Gillies, Chet Kinexny, uh Brandon Robinson, Jake Withers in the transition game. Uh, Nankin Thompson, Luke Van Sheppen. You have two guys with Van in their in their last name. Like, come on, James Barclay, Scott Campbell, Soupy back there, Colton Armstrong in transition. Our guy Luke Magnan, Trevor Smith. This defense is stupid. I mean, this team is just a wagon. They are yoked. hop on now. Honestly, they are this, yoked. They're going to be so fun to watch. They're already so fun to watch, and they're going to be even more fun to watch. And that doesn't game. even mention their offense that has oh, I don't know, Mike Burke, Ryan Banesh, Chris Bushy, Clark Peterson, Stephen Keough, Austin Shanks, Eric Fennel, Kyle Jackson, Clay Scanlon, Stephen LeBlanc, and Cody Jameson. Wagon. Let me just place the futures bet already on the BetMGM app. Hashtag not a sponsor of us, but a sponsor of the league. Uh, because who's who is stopping this team? The Philadelphia Wings, that's it. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, but I mean, Halifax just... They, yeah, no, they are great. they are championship contenders right now. They should be the favorites to win it all right now on paper. Uh, if not, like in your top three, get on board with yeah. them because they are an absolute force. Colorado Mammoth re-signed the Liger Eli McLaughlin to a one-year deal. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, absolute Keep stud. Uh, yeah. Glad he's back in Colorado. Then today, August thirty-first. Couple of moves. Uh, a few weeks ago, New England Black Wolves traded for Ryan Conrad. They signed him to a two-year deal, and they also signed friend of the pod, Jules Henningberg, to a one-year deal. Jules no longer in San Diego. He's coming back east, and he signs with the New England Black Wolves. This hit me – like, when you told me this earlier, it hit me out of nowhere. My jaw dropped. This, it's shocking. 
is I, I really thought San Diego were going to try to start building around Jules, like like that core. Connor Fields, Jules, Stotts, Berg. Whole friend just of the show <laughs> roster yeah. right there. You, I really thought they were going to try to keep that together, but no. He's out in New England now, and you want to talk – we were talking about wagons – Maybe throw New England on there now. They are. I mean, I'll really give New England. Good. I'll give New England credit. They are trying to pander to us. They see they really that are. we always, you know, from time to time, pick against them in our weekly pick 'em segment. Uh, you know, there's there's moments where you know we we get into it on Twitter a bit with New England, but they are pandering to us because now that they add Jules to their roster, they have another friend of the pod. On their roster. And Harrison... How do you pick against Jules? Harrison, the the New England Black Wolves now consist of a multitude of friends of the pod. Brett Manny, friend of the pod. Joe Nardella, friend of the pod. Andrew Q, friend of the pod. Joel Tinney, friend of the pod. And Jules Henningberg. They have five friends of the pod. They have a whole handful of friends of the pod. On their roster, I mean, they're just pandering to us. They're already the former Philadelphia Wings. Now they're adding all like all of our friends. Like, come on now! They're just like, hey guys, what are you like, doing? What are you doing? You trying to get us on your side? You're, you're, you're trying gonna, to get us? You're to, gonna uh, try to jump the Philadelphia Wings ship here? Gonna try come to pick now. against us? We're just gonna bring all your friends in, so you can't. Like literally, all the friends <laughs> of the pod <laughs> are playing oh for New God. England. It's a great move for New England, though. I, Jules, I love you bring it. Jules into any team, he's going to do great. But throw him in a team like that? Like a, a ready-made team that is still contending, looking to win, playing in a competitive division. Jules is going to have playing time now that, that LeBlanc and Callum Crawford are not on this roster. And you yeah. get to pair him up with guys like Joe Resitardis, Riley O'Connor, Tony Malcolm, um, you know, this is a bit and Andrew Q. Like this is a big opportunity for Jules, in my opinion. And I, if, I agree. If he is able to get consistent playing time, this is a big time move for the New England Black Wolves to get some offensive production from somebody who's young, uh, fairly new to the box game. But you're pairing him up and, and making him part of your young core now that consists of guys like Q, Resitardis. Um, you know Riley O'Connor and and those guys up top. Like this is this is a big get. New England are gonna be championship contenders for years to come now, building around that young core. And then uh, speaking of our Philadelphia Wings, they made a trade with the Calgary Roughnecks today, per the transaction wire. Uh, the Wings have traded Nate Wade and a 2026 round pick, the 87th overall selection, to the Calgary Roughnecks for. 2026 round pick in the entry draft, 85th overall. It feels like maintenance moves. A little bit. Would you, would you say they're maintenance moves? Wade stints Ooh. moves? <laughs> Nate Wade stints moves? Oh, uh, shout out to Nate Wade, though. He was nothing but great yeah. to, to me and Alex You know, during the season last year. Uh, very supportive of what Alex does photography-wise. Uh, always made it a point to say hello whenever he saw me. So I wish Nate nothing but the best with Calgary. Um, and the Wings move up to two spots team. in the sixth round. 
He's going to the defending champ. Well, the longest defending champ. Longest defending champs in pro sport. Uh, So, yeah, I wish him good luck out there. I hope he has a great time up in Calgary. Playing with with a squad. I'll root for him whenever he's not playing against the Wings. Speaking of Calgary, shout out to friend of the pod, Christian Del Bianco. Happy birthday to the homie. And uh, speaking of the draft, Harrison, let's get into your mock draft 1.0. What went into your what went into your homework here? Because obviously a lot of people know my background with lacrosse is relatively new. You obviously probably got into it with the college game as well. You play yeah. at a college, so like you get experience uh, seeing some college dudes even playing club. But like you know, I'm still learning a lot of the nuances and who is like draft worthy and who's not college wise. But you came through with your mock draft 1.0, and you'll continue to put some mock drafts out leading up to the draft. Um, but obviously, number one overall was so simple. Easy. Easy that was pickings. the easiest one to pick. Jeff T, no doubt, goes one overall. He is absurd. He had 80 points in his debut senior box across season in the MSL, and that's his first season. He's been ridiculous at Cornell, 577 points in his junior career. You don't miss out on Jeff T. You just don't. Yeah, I think it's the worst-kept secret in NLL history that uh, the New York Riptide are going to take Jeff T. number one overall. Absolutely. Uh, but then the fun begins, and the Rochester Nighthawks, you have taking defenseman Jeff Henrik. Rochester were kind of a hot mess last year, so... They could have taken anyone within the top five, realistically. More, more puns. The hot, hot Mester Nighthawks. Oh. You guys know the OG slogan. You come for the lacrosse. You, you you come for the lacrosse content, but you stay for the dad jokes. Absolutely. I mean, who doesn't love a good dad joke? Um, but yeah. I, I have them taking Jeff Hendrick just because uh, you need that experience at the back if you want to build up towards the front. And taking a solid defenseman who has 74 points in his Ontario Junior A, a career, that's going to do wonders for your team. I kind of view the way you, you paired up Jeff Hendrick with Rochester the way that uh, Colorado took Warren Jeffrey last year. Getting yes. that big young defenseman to kind of be an anchor for you for years to come. Um, you know, obviously he's a rock star at Ohio State as well. Um, but I, I think this is kind of similar to how Colorado wanted to get that young anchor defenseman for their squad with Warren Jeffrey. I think that's what you have with Rochester right here. Absolutely. Number three, my favorite guy in the draft. Yeah, this was this is where it started to get really hard for me. Uh, I have the Vancouver Warriors taking Trey LeClaire. Hell yeah, he is so good. He's a beast. He's so fun to watch. His stick skills are absurd. He's got great shooting, and he would be going back home to British Columbia, going from Ohio State back home, which would be added like benefit for Vancouver. I think Ryan Smith could very well be taken here as well. Uh, a stud scoring wise, but if you have the opportunity to take a homeboy, you take the you take him. And that's something that the Vancouver Warriors have kind of prided themselves on, is bringing in guys who are from 
you know, the Vancouver, BC area um, to kind of just market themselves that way. Being, you know, a bunch of guys that are from here for you to come watch and, and ball out. And adding a guy like Trey LeClaire to a group that has Mitch Jones, Logan Shuss, Kyle Killen, like... That would be lots of fun. That's gnarly. And Keegan Ball. Absolute baller. Yeah. Like, that's you those those five, that's a legit group right there that you're pairing up. Plus they have uh Riley Lowen. Yes. That's your top six right there. That's easy. That's a legit group of like six paired. And I want it to happen. Because I want Vancouver, like, they're always so good to us on social media. Like, they're one of the teams yeah. that, like, we love interacting with. I want Vancouver to be so good, so bad. I, it's like you really want to see them succeed, and adding Trey to this team will do massive things for them. Plus, think about Trey in that white Vancouver jersey. <sighs> That's clean. That's, That's clean. nasty. Um... I like Trey going to Vancouver. I, I have him slotted there as well um, because I, I just don't think Rochester needs a forward right now. They've got guys. They've got veterans um, that are going to be there for the foreseeable future. So I think taking a defenseman is a smart move, and I love Trey sliding to Vancouver and just going back home and then pairing him up with the five guys that are already there. He could be the missing puzzle piece in Vancouver's yes. uh, mission towards – like run towards ring. We could be seeing them contend within, I'd say, three to four years. Sign me up. Yeah. Number four, San Diego Seals, taking a transition guy, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, Reed Bowering. Yeah, San Diego don't really need offensive help. Uh, they already have Connor Fields and Austin Stotts, and then Westburg. their defense. Yeah, their defense is nasty. Brody Merrill, uh Eli Gobrecht, front of the show. So why not take a transition player who could play both sides of the floor with ease? Reed Bowering can do that. He has 102 career collegiate goals for Drexel. Pretty good. And shout out, Drexel. Shout out, Drexel. And with Kakitlam, that's how you pronounce it, I believe? Yes. Uh, he was named the BCJALL Defender of the Year. Not once, not twice, but thrice. So, yeah, you're getting a really good player on both sides of the field. It's a, That's a pretty easy pick for San Diego. I so. texted you about this pick because I see Reed's name popping up on Twitter a ton. A lot of our, our friends, our, our supporters and, and friends of his. This kind of seems like San Diego getting their young version of Kyle Matisse. Yes, a goal scorer, yeah. offensive, but can also go back, play some solid defense where we move the ball around and can kind of be that, that Swiss Army knife for your team uh, wherever you need them on the floor. Transition players are usually some of the best leaders too. So you get a young stud like Reed Bowering in who can play great defense, score when you need him to. He'll be vocal in the locker room, I'm sure. This would be an easy pick for San Diego. Calgary Roughnecks picking fifth overall. Take your guy Ryan Smith in your mock draft 1.0. Uh, 
I was look I was like doing my research, doing all that stuff, and I saw this guy with a hundred point season under his belt in juniors. And I'm like, no way he falls lower than five. No way. He can be taken anywhere between well, two and five, I would say, because Jeff T it's all about a lock at number one. But yeah. He can find the nose uh, the net from literally anywhere. He's a great nose for scoring. Yeah. Him with Dane Dobby and like Curtis Dixon, that's gonna be a filthy attack next year. Just watch out for him. Yeah, that putting him in an attack group like that is just silly. Absolutely silly. Uh the Georgia Swarm make pick one of four here. Uh because yeah, in your mock draft one point draft. Your mock draft one point you had them taking the first round pick this year rather than in 2022 but with six overall they take another thompson ty thompson he is a big man six foot six 210 pounds on attack he's not a defenseman uh and i mean with zed leaving this year they're gonna be needing someone who can like big body put up goals stay there like get in front of the net be that disruptive presence, Ty Thompson can definitely be that man. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Like you said, there's a, a Zed Williams size hole in this offense, and uh, I think Ty Thompson fills it pretty well with that big body of his. Uh, Saskatchewan Rush, seventh overall in the pick they get in the trade with the Philadelphia Wings for Ben McIntosh. They take Ethan Walker out of Denver. Yeah, he's a he's a scorer. 142 career goals with the with Denver, a team, a great team. Not easy to get like playing time there. He's a he's a really good prospect. Uh, Saskatchewan could definitely use a forward. He's a lefty. I mean, losing out on bed McIntosh to the Philadelphia Wings, they're gonna need to replace him on that side. So. And they need to get younger on offense. Exactly. Like they've a got savvy veterans, but they need young talent on offense. And I like this pick a lot. Easy for them. Number eight overall, Georgia Swarm are back on the clock, and you pulled the trigger on our hopefully speculated pick, TD Ireland. I think this would be the most insane move, but it would make perfect sense. Like, TD is one of the best face-off guys in college I think I've ever seen. He is the definition of dominant. So... Bringing him to Georgia in a stacked East division on faceoff, yeah, that would be dirty. If Georgia ends up taking TD, we say this all the time, but the East division would literally have Trevor Baptiste, TD Ireland, Alex Woodall, and Joe Nardella. Yeah, that is faceoff <laughs> division. That would, oh, that, imagine the game. I get goosebumps thinking about it. It would be so much fun. It, it brings a whole new dynamic to the box game that we haven't seen with yeah. these elite talents. Like, face-offs will truly matter in East Division matchups. And, like, I want that from the East Division the most because it is so competitive. You know, the teams are so similar in so many different ways. Having face-off battles between those four guys, it would be a movie every single matchup. Yeah. So, TD... Yeah, it's got to happen. It, I hope it happens. I really do. 
I mean, again, this is a pick for the future. So there is no guarantee that it happens this year, but I really hope it does. And Georgia is a team that can afford to take a, a pick for the future. They absolutely are. So, yeah. Number nine. Another future pick. Buffalo Bandits adding to an already disgusting forward group of Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, friend of the show, Dane Smith, friend of the show, Chase Frazier, and Chris Cloutier. You have them drafting Penn State's own Mac O'Keefe. Yeah, another one for the future because he's going back to Penn State, but he has currently 189 career goals. He he's definitely I wouldn't say definitely barring injury of or just, I don't even know. Hopefully he will have the opportunity to break Guddy's NCAA goal record, and with the nose for goal he has, I would be shocked if he doesn't. He is so talented. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about uh, a top five forward collection of Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, Chase Frazier, Chris Kluche, and Mac O'Keefe. Phil. That is Phil. Ridiculous. Uh, the Georgia Swarm are back on the clock with the pick that you had them ended up using rather than uh, waiting for 2022. Yeah, I, I'm taking those picks. I absolutely would. You go transition here and you have them taking Ron John. Yeah, he is a smart player. He has one of the best lacrosse IQs, I think, of anybody in this draft. He's tough. He plays extremely well for the Iroquois Nationals. This would be a great pick for uh, Georgia, getting some really solid like transition play in there where you have great attack, but you just need to really bulk up that transition game, I would Pair say. Ron John with Brendan Bomberry? Yeah, that's nice. Friend of that show, Brendan really Bomberry. Nice. Yeah. I think Ron John. Plus, they play together with the Iroquois Nationals. Yeah, I mean, if Georgia really want, they could go full on Iroquois Nationals and try to draft as many from that team as they could. That would be. I mean, they have a lot broken. They have a lot already. They already have. Just keep adding to it. And I mean, that would be a great strategy. The Iroquois Mm -hmm. Nationals are basically the best in the world at box. I would say, apart from the Canadians, so. Yeah, I would keep going with the Iroquois, Iroquois national team players. And Ron John's just a great player. It's a great name. Yeah. All name It's a team. great name. Like, incredible name. Uh, 11th overall, Halifax Thunderbirds on the clock. You have them taking a UNC stud, Tanner Cook. This is another player who could go easily within the top 10. He's got 82 points in 48 career games for uh, UNC and 146 uh, points between the 2017 and 2018 Junior A season. He is a really talented young player, and adding him to this Halifax team would just be like throwing – I don't even know. I'm trying to think of a great comparison, but uh, he's just a great player, and Halifax – adding him to this team would just be another offensive threat in a dirty team already. So, Number 12, Saskatchewan Rush back on the clock with their own pick. You have them going transition here, 
and taking a future pick because he's going back to Stony Brook. Yep. Shares your name. Yes, he does. Harrison Matsuoka. He's fast. He's got great stick skills. And he does score when he's needed to. He's a quiet guy, but he does he can do the job well. And throwing a good transition player onto that Saskatchewan team could do wonders for them. So I think this would be a good pick for them. And like we said with the Ethan Walker pick, like this helps them get younger. They've got a lot of yeah. savvy veterans on that team. This helps them get younger and continue to build and you know not rely fully on, you know, the three championships in four year squad. Um, that's still left. Georgia Swarm, back on the clock yet again. You go defense this time. Final pick of the first round. You go Jordan Storos. I mean, they've taken forwards. They've taken their face-off guy. They got their transition guy. Why not build off the defense if you got four picks in the first round? Get one of the every outfield position. And Jordan Storos comes from the Peterborough Lakers, so he knows how to win. Shout out Paul Day. Shout out Paul Day. He's a sturdy defender. He played. He's got good like feet. Like his uh, movement. He's got great movement. Uh, yeah, this would be a great pick for Georgia. Just help building their team from front to back. Now we get into the compensatory first round picks. Halifax Thunderbirds. You have them going forward again. You sick bastard. I- I, I mean, if the Halifax Thunderbirds keep going forwards, they just I feel like this is a team that likes scoring. So yes. why not throw more fire on the or fuel to the flame? You have them taking Brad McCulley with the 14th overall pick. I mean, this is a guy who has back-to-back 72-point seasons. That's just ridiculous. Just throw him in there and he'll score points. Halifax, again, complete wagon. Throw Brad in there, and they're just going to score more and more. San Diego now on the clock with a comp pick. You have them going defense here and taking Jackson Subak. I mean, when he can learn from guys like Eli Gobrek and the GOAT Brody Merrill, a 6'5 defender in the San Diego team, a big body to throw out there, uh, their offense is going to be scoring points and their defense will be shutting other offenses down. And I think that's the best possible way that San Diego could pick here. And here's where things get interesting. With the 16th and final pick of the first round, Paul Day and the Philadelphia Wings select forward, formerly of Princeton University, currently of Duke University, Michael Sours. Isn't this just the most Paul Day move you can think of, though? Like, oh my god, Michael Sowers to Philadelphia would be insane. Just even having his rights. This would be, like, such the perfect move for Paul and the whole team in general. Michael would fit in well with this team, I think. He He is a Philly guy. He is a Philly guy. So... Just draft him now, wait a year, and you're definitely ring-chasing at that point. This would be some of the most senile, sadistic, disgusting shit I have ever seen Paul Day do. 
and this oh, is coming a year it. after he drafted Pat Spencer in the third round. Um, yeah. Like you said in your blog post, which you guys can check out at undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, um, Sowers isn't going to be joining the NLL until at least 2021-22 season. So, I mean, you have time. This is a Wings team that has, like Saskatchewan, a lot of veterans up top. Don't see how much longer Corey Vitarelli is going to be playing. His career is, you know, on the downs on the downside. Um, still have guys like Brett Hickey, Kevin Crowley, Ben McIntosh, Matt Rambo, Blaze. Um, you know, so there's still some time for those guys to play, but they're also not getting any younger guys like Kevin and Brett um, and Kyle Matisse and stuff like that. So, I mean you get Michael Sowers to play with Rambo and Blaze, like, how do you say no to that? You don't. And Paul Day is such a crafty GM slash head coach that he's probably been thinking, I feel like he's been thinking about this for a while. I just feel that, I have that gut feeling right now. Yeah. Yeah. It would make no sense, but in a sense it makes perfect sense. Yeah, you're right. It, it it is a Paul Day move. I will give you that. It is the thinking outside the box hashtag for the brand Paul Day move. Yeah. Um, but you guys can check out you know the in depth uh, blog post that Harrison did undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com whole one through sixteen mock draft. And Harrison will be doing a few more mock drafts before the actual draft on September seventeenth. And uh, speaking of the draft. You need to scout for the draft, and our friends at the New York Riptide continue to make their front office legit as all hell as uh, they announced today that new general manager Jim Veltman has added to his lacrosse operations staff and a new American scout is in the fold for the Riptide, and it is a friend of the show, recurring guest, head coach of PLL Chaos, Andy Towers. That's nuts. Bringing Andy into this program will just fire them up even more. I mean, LFG. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Uh, Statement from Veltman says, We cannot be more thrilled to add Andy and his knowledge to our scouting staff. His playing background and current coaching achievements speak for themselves and instantly make him a valuable addition to our organization. And obviously, for all of you lacrosse heads, you know, Coach Towers brings over 20 years of coaching experience to the role, most recently and still actively the head coach of Chaos LC in the PLL uh, following the 2019 season. Obviously, was named Coach of the Year in the PLL uh, by the players, and he spent 19 years coaching at the Division One level, most recently at Dartmouth College. Prior to Dartmouth, he had stops at Hartford, Fairfield, Yale, and Brown. Uh, a member of the Connecticut Lacrosse Hall of Fame and Brown University Sports Hall of Fame. Towers had an illustrious playing career at Brown and as a professional prior to joining the coaching ranks. A three-time All-American at two different positions, two at midfield and one at attack. He was also a three-time All-Ivy and All-New England honoree and earned Ivy League Player of the Year honors in 1993. Towers still holds the Brown record for goals in a season with 59 and in a career with 150. Following his college career, he spent five seasons indoors in the National Lacrosse League with the Philadelphia Wings, Boston Blazers, and New York Saints, and two outdoors 
in Major League Lacrosse with the Boston Cannons and Bridgeport Barrage. In 2002, he was an MLL All-Star and led the league in face-off percentage at 58%. Shout-out Coach Towers. For, Shout-out uh, Coach Towers. Getting broadening his horizons. Coming to the box game as a scout for the New York Riptide. And, like, you look at what Coach Towers has been able to do roster construction-wise with Chaos and, like, how he builds his roster and just his background of Division One coaching for almost two decades. This is a massive get for the New York Riptide to just be able to go out and scout and, and figure things out draft-wise for them with the American guys. Uh, I don't think there's too many other candidates that I would want as my American scout if I was a GM than Andy Towers. Oh, absolutely agreed. He's just great at everything he does with lacrosse. I mean, we saw it this year with the chaos. It's a great hire any way you look at it for New York in a team that's, again, ring chasing. So I love this move. Shout out Coach Towers. Let's fucking go. And uh, before we started recording, I told Harrison I had a question for... Well, not a question, but a statement for him uh, that I was going to surprise him with on the pod. Um, So this comes from Marquise Grissom Jr., who is a Georgia Tech baseball player. On the Twitter machine, he he said, Waffles are really just pancakes with abs. Okay, hot take. (laughs) Hot take. I, w- I would argue that waffles are better than pancakes. So just pancakes w- with abs. Yeah. I mean, the abs obviously do more work for the waffles than they would do for the pancakes. Got to get those here pocket holders. Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting take. Waffles I think they are definitely really have... just pancakes with abs. I, I, I can see that now. <laughs> I low-key see that now because they got that same kind of batter. Same batter, yeah. same everything, just different way of preparing them. My brain is broken. One does yoga and one does abs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. You guys That's are the absolute stuff. best. We have a big announcement hopefully coming sometime this week, so make sure you're following us on social media, yeah. Twitter and Instagram, at OTBLaxPod. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Dom on Twitter at Wash Lifestyle. Make sure you check out Dom's streams. He's been streaming a ton over on Twitch. Um, he tweets out the links all the time. I'm blanking on his channel name, but drop him a follow on his Twitch channel, and you can drop one on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi, because uh, we might just go live for the draft on Twitch, maybe? Stay tuned. That's why you got to follow us on Twitter. Uh, and drop the Twitter handle for the people, Harrison. At HarryGK83, the, the hockey stuff may be coming to an end soon for the Flyers, so uh, I, I will be refocusing on lacrosse very soon. He's prepping for the draft, and you can check out all of Harrison's mock drafts at undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com and all of our other content as well. And make sure you guys are freaking subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you think about Harrison's mock draft. Coach Towers becoming a scout for the New York Riptide and anything else in between that comes to mind as we do a ratings and review check. Harrison, we are currently sitting at drumroll please 
109 still. 109 five-star ratings and reviews. Let's get that up. Let's keep going, going into September. Let, let's let's finish September. Let's let's get like 25 new five-star ratings and reviews, guys. Let's make it happen because you guys are the best podcast listeners on the planet. Once we get to 100 five-star reviews, Dom gets the Stephen Keogh mustache, and he reads all of the reviews on a separate podcast. You guys know the drill. We're at 58 five-star reviews. So get us to 100, and all that good stuff happens. And uh, you can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And we will be back sometime, potentially later this week, early next week. we got a whole list of guests. I know it's been a little bit, but we've been working on a, a big something or other. That you guys will uh, find out hopefully this week. And uh, been booking guests for you guys. Because it's the quote-unquote off-season, but there is no off-season with OTB. So we got to do it big. Plus, the NLL draft, 17 days away from the day of recording this. Can't wait. It's going to be wild. And uh, you guys are the absolute best. But as always, shout-out to our homies at Design Tree and Tomahawk Shades. Promo code DSGN5 at Design Tree's website at checkout saves you $5 off your order at checkout. Promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com at checkout saves you 25% off your entire order over at TomahawkShades.com. This has been episode number 143 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Also, big shout out to Ty Warner, first med school exam, hashtag survived. And uh, yes, sir. a buddy of mine quote tweeted Ty and said, 485 likes for one preclinical exam, but I take once I take step one and only get 30 likes. What gives? Is it the fact that he's tall, athletic, and handsome? And a buddy of mine followed up with probably, yeah, charismatic too. Shout out to Ty oh. Warner. <laughs> this has been episode number 143 of OTB. For Harrison, for Dom, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.